Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Beaming Hello. in. <laughs> Beaming in. <laughs> Hi. Oh, you look so ravishingly rested. <laughs> I feel ridiculous. great, actually. I feel um, yeah. on top of the world, yeah. Yeah. So tell everyone, like, where you've been over the last week. <laughs> um, mostly in my pyjamas. <laughs> yeah. See, that is its own destination. <laughs> nice. It is indeed. Although um, yesterday I posted a picture of the garden. And um, so the sun was out yesterday. It's hit and oh. miss, as we know, this summer. But yeah, um, yeah. we had some sunshine yesterday. So I got oh. out. Um, took my computer into the garden. I was doing some work on the um, tech setup for the course and um, put the umbrella up so I could see the screen because yeah. there's nothing worse, is there? You're kind of sat in the sun and you're trying to squint. I and, know. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> but I've got a good setup now. I've kind of got it all oh, sorted. And yeah. Um, yeah, so I posted a picture. This is my home for today. Um, mm. So yeah, it was just so, so lovely. So lovely. Oh, good for you. Makes yeah. you wonder like, why do we work so much? <laughs> why yeah, can't we... why do we work indoors? Like, that's the thing oh, that came yes. to my mind. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I just do all calls from my garden now, please? Thank you very much. Oh, my gosh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> Wonderful. Congratulations. That's awesome. Oh, so, yeah, so some outdoor space. Um, some I did a lot of cooking, actually, as well. Like, cooking's my therapy. Oh, yeah. And I love it. I love just, and I don't know why, like, sometimes you get out with the habit of doing it. Like, you'll still cook, obviously, your kind of normal meals. But I made a nice quiche. I did some soup. I did some batch cooking. Oh. Um that reminds me, I've got some lemons, I need to make a lemon drizzle cake. Oh, um, but yeah, it's gosh. just nice sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Just kind of getting down and dirty, making something different, yeah. being creative. Love it. Oh my gosh, you you lost me at lemon drizzle cake. Like, I don't think I have, <laughs> I think I just stopped, I think I just stopped thinking just now. Um, wow. Oh my gosh. I don't know why I'm thinking about like Southern Italy. Yeah. <gasps> lemons. Mm, lovely. Nice limoncello. Mmm. Yum, mm, yum. Mm. Yeah, oh my gosh, good for you. Oh, so yeah, so tell me, um, how are things with you? You are yet again in another location. You are like my jet set co-host. I have been sat in this seat for 18 months, oh, no. quite literally, and you were always in a different location. I don't know how I you do know. it. It's weird and I don't identify as a traveler. It's crazy. I'm back in New York City because my uh, husband uh, is moving his apartment. We are, um, if it wasn't obvious, we are we are taking this show on a on the road on a on a tour. Um, we're uh, one day we're going to bring the band back together again, but uh, we're doing the whole thing where I'm living in Toronto and I'm you know in terms of career and so forth. That's where my opportunity is and his opportunities remains here in New York City. So we're uh, you know doing a little bit of like an independent tour, like you know like when the Rolling Stones they never did this. The Rolling Stones never did this, but some bands will go off and yeah. do their own like independent yeah, albums. Yeah, they do some solos, solo some solo acts, spotlights. Yeah. Yeah. Solo spotlights, exactly. And then they come yeah. Back. yeah. Nice. We don't quite know when that like come back to the same city place will be, but you know, we're planning on it. Anyway, so he's, he's sort of moving and shifting to a quite fabulous new uh, neighborhood here in New York City. And so I'm helping him move. Um, and neither of us have like money for you know, to hire anybody to help us out. So we're like just doing the move ourselves. I don't know. I guess people will hire movers, but um, I always hire movers. Oh, always. really? So 
yeah. he wanted to and I was like you're fine he's like my back hurts and I'm like I'll tell you what else I always do as well is I what? always pay for a packing service are you kidding I am not wow. believe me once you have done it you I will know. never pack your own shit up ever again <laughs> oh you know what I think I am denying him of his happiness because he hates moving I mm. love moving yeah oh I have used the same service the last three or four times I've moved and the last oh. time he moved me he said I am never moving you again oh wow is that <laughs> and because... I thought I'd had I thought I'd had quite a good clear out beforehand clearly not oh. um so yeah he said there was more stuff hidden away than he ever thought was possible are you kidding wait so you just you don't do any packing you they walk into your house and they just pack yeah. your whole house for you yeah is that ridiculously expensive, though? It wasn't, actually. Really? No, it wasn't ridiculously expensive, yeah. And I think it was worth every penny. Okay, so these sorts of things come at, like, the tune of, like, seven, $8,000 here. Oh, no. Nowhere near that. No. You're just oh. living in crazy land. <laughs> I am living in crazy land. Yeah, yeah. no, like, to yeah. move is just, like, to hire movers is, like... Yeah, no. I, I think they think of a number and just times it by 10 in, in the US. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Actually, yeah. maybe I was thinking about hiring move, a moving company for my move from, you know, New York to Toronto. Maybe that was. Yeah, that was, would be. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely yeah. more big bucks. But yeah, local uh, move. Oh, interesting. Yeah, not that much. Oh my gosh. Never, okay. I'd never do it myself again. I think I need to apologize to my husband. I was like, that's ridiculous. We're not hiring movers. <laughs> and then he was all sad. <laughs> you can tell your husband to thank me later. <laughs> ah, well, damage is done. It's already... <laughs> <laughs> that I will tell him that yes, that I was wrong. I'm going to tell him that I was wrong. Yeah, it's always good to admit these things. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. Yeah. Well, that plays into where our um, hot topic later actually. So Ooh, let's hold that yes. thought. Hold mm. that thought. Yeah. Well, and then on that, I'm wondering if there's any pearls of wisdom at the relationship desk of love. Yes, there is. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what I'm, I was reading a magazine yesterday um, in between being a tech genius for my oh. um, course setup, nice. and um, yeah. I love I love it when you get a new magazine. And I always do this thing where I have to flick through all the pages to see what's in there before uh. I actually start reading the articles. Oh, so I'd already done a little pre-flick, and now uh. I was on to right. I'm just going to take some time. I'm going to carefully read each page. I'm going to really absorb it and just enjoy the moment. Yeah. So. At the beginning of the magazine, they do this section where people can write in letters about previous articles that they have ah. um, that have been featured in the magazine. Yeah. And there was this lovely little letter that I just thought I would share as a matter of kind of inspiration. So okay. the title is Breaking Up Was the Making of Me. <gasps> so it says divorce settlement that was featured in, in the June issue resonated with me. My partner left me five years ago. And whilst it felt awful at the time, I now realise that this was the best thing for me and my family. It took me three years before I realised that I was living in denial, saying that I was fine and everything and even liking the fact that people said that you're coping well. And then I hit rock bottom. My career nosedived and I knew I needed help. It was the start of a difficult but amazing journey to rediscover myself. Wow. Now my ex and I are on amicable terms. My son has two loving homes and I've completed a master's degree. It's often the toughest moments that show us how resilient we are and open us up to opportunities. Thank you for reminding me how far I've come. <gasps> oh my gosh. How beautiful is that? 
I mean, there's just so many little nuggets in there because it might not necessarily be that you're breaking up. You know, I'm definitely kind of pro healthy relationships. Let's work it out. Let's not give up. And that's not to say that I don't believe that divorce is is um, sometimes the right option because clearly I am divorced. (laughs) So I'm not saying like rule it out, but... I think for me, that story could apply to so many different situations. And that's what I really loved about it. And seeing the, you know, that that moment where you kind of stuck that whole I'm in denial for three years thing, like is so common, which is why I wanted to share it on the podcast. And it might not necessarily be about breaking up. It might be about tackling a challenge in your relationship. It might be about tackling a friendship. It might be about dealing with a um, relationship with your parents or your family members it could be about something to do with your career or job change, you know, but that whole thing about being stuck in something and settling and being feeling like you're trapped, like you've got no option because you're scared of what's on the other side. And then actually that kind of inspiration there of I got to the other side and actually it was amazing. And I've done all these other amazing things that I never would have done had I remained where I was. Like that for me was just beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And actually, and what's interesting is there could have been an injection of so much like uh, resentment and frustration. Mm. And, you know, the, I think what I often hear, which is, but I didn't want to move. I was fine where everything was. And the beautiful thing is this person has kind of moved beyond that block and said, I'm a better person now for this. Like that's amazing. you know, let's be real, there was probably a lot of that resentment, I didn't want to be here, you know, a lot of that kind of, um, we'd refer it to level one in our um, coaching situation, which is that kind of real victim mentality. I don't really like the word victim, but um, I don't know that I've got a better word for it, but it's that whole kind of um, closed, um, everything is done to me, um, as opposed to I'm in control of anything. So when you feel like you've got um, no options, um, a lack of um, a way out. Um, you feel like you literally are not in control of your own life and, mm. and everybody else has made your life the way that it is. That's kind of that level one. And I'm no doubt that, that this person went through it. But what mm. is beautiful is to see when you can move beyond that because it's a natural place to go, right? Because mm. that's where we heal and um, we manage to top up energy levels and we can get that energy that we need to move to kind of the next stages so it's a natural place to be and you should always kind of embrace that for a little while as long as it's not kind of too long but to then see that whole transformation on the other side is just just so nice oh my gosh oh that is inspiring oh my gosh yes do you know what I'm thinking about I'm thinking about a client who's actually um was laid off from a job about Mm. three months ago and in a rare this is somebody who loved that job so much, was yeah. so happy, had no intention of leaving. And I don't, I don't often find people these yeah. days with for large companies like that where they actually are happy. Um, and so several months went by and where um, they had troubles moving on because they were so, they were grieving. They were like, I didn't want to leave. Mm. Now they finally, and they, God, they went through that hard work because they didn't try to find the rebound job. They just sat in the muck of yeah. like going through the, the, an awful transition process yeah. but they've got a new job and they're starting to they're finally starting to say you know I wasn't actually there was a lot that was not serving me in that old job yeah uh, yeah it's amazing because I do have to say like the initial coaching was very very difficult because you, you're coaching somebody who's like this wasn't broken yeah don't even want to be here 
Yeah. And when you sort of, you know, oh, well, you know, what are the, what, how are the, what are the opportunities, whatever? And they're like, nope, mm. don't even want to think about it. Yeah. And so it's amazing to hear from them. They're like, this is really, they've actually come through. Anyways, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm just hearing that beautiful, positive tone. Yeah. And it really does take time, right? It's like, um, in those sorts of situations and in a, in a breakup as well, yeah. there is a grieving process to it. There's part of that before you can get to any sort of acceptance and commitment to move on. There's all this other shit that goes on beforehand and it's difficult, right? Oh, uh, but it is difficult. I think the hard thing is to say, just because I'm feeling really crummy, resentful, I didn't want this, I'm such a victim, um, just because you feel like that doesn't necessarily mean that it's telling you the truth. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. That's the yeah. thing. Like it's, it is, you'll often realize it was holding me back, but yeah. it's part of the process. Like yeah. it's so important to just sit, sink in the muck of it for a little while. Like that is yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. And, and often you don't even know you're there, right? Oh my God. So you haven't even got awareness at that no, time. No, you don't know that you're there. That, <laughs> that is the thing. Yeah. You only see it in retrospect. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, on the TED talk stage, right? Like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, and then I passed through this three month of mourning and it's not like they were like, you know, setting up their home for like, this is the morning stage, everybody. We're going through the yeah. three month or six month or five year morning stage. No, you're insufferable. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going through. But it makes for a great story when you publish it uh, later. (laughs) It does indeed. Best-selling book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a very inspiring letter to the editor. Yes. Yeah. So for anybody out there who is stuck in a tricky situation, Mm -hmm. have some faith that there is hope on the other side. Ah, beautiful. Yes, indeed. Mm. Ah. All All right. Shall we... uh, Shall we hot topic it? I'm quite excited. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. Today's hot topic is what do successful couples do that others don't? So Would to listen, we like to know? <laughs> when you like, I'm thinking, okay, so we've hit a paywall now. If you want to know, you have to subscribe at the tune of $500,000 for the special <laughs> secret of what successful couples do that others don't. <laughs> <laughs> it really is the million-dollar question. Or however much a divorce is like worth these days. Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, quite. Depends on what you've got in the bank, right? Uh, oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going for that DIY. How much was it? $50 divorce? Oh, um, well, the Washington Heights DIY divorce uh, without kids is, uh, no, yeah, no signature is $450 these days. (laughs) (laughs) In my my old neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, so this is such, this is like the essence of our, yeah. Yeah. What do successful couples do Mm. that others don't? I was having this thought, um, you know, because in my marriage, there's a lot of like kind of unconventional choices going on, like this move away to get better so we can get stronger so we can get better together. And you know what I'm realizing, and I don't know where this is coming from, um, but I'm noticing that there's this fire of love and I'm thankful that it's there because I don't know how we would do this if there wasn't. But I find that the fire of love, like somebody keeps putting like kindle on the fire and keeps mm. the fire um going throughout the darkest of nights and i don't know who's yeah. who's coming in and like like putting firewood on the fire but like i really appreciate it because like there's this you know i feel like there's something if there's a something there that where you're like we 
I haven't lost my desire for this and I haven't lost my desire for you. Mm. I don't know where that comes from. Even as a coach, I'm like, I don't know. And also, but I think it's super important. And I think that's where I start. Yeah. If that is alive, there's something to come back to. It's just something I, mm. I can't put my finger on it. What about you? So I love the analogy there of the kind of fire. And, and I think it's a great analogy for a relationship, isn't it? Because sometimes you can have this, the, just the smallest little bits of ember that are still glowing, yeah. but there's still something there. And it just takes a little bit of something extra to actually get the fire roaring again. And then yeah. it might kind of dim a little bit or, and then we kind of stoke it up. We add some more in, um, yeah. And it also takes a, a lot of components, doesn't it? So it takes the the oxygen, the en- that energy. It takes the fuel from the wood. Yeah. It takes a bit of a spark to get it going. Yeah. So that's kind of like, it's such a really um, beautiful analogy about what a relationship is. And yeah. we've talked before about how relationships go through different stages and how those stages might not necessarily be linear. They might kind of come and go at different times. So I yeah. think the whole kind of... Um, the fire analogy really kind of demonstrates that. But I think the thing for me, when you're talking about that desire, that desire is still there. The words that I would use would be connection. So there's still a connection. And I think the other thing that comes up for me as well, when you were talking there is around commitment. So um, it doesn't matter that you're in different locations, that you're trying out different things in your lives, that you are, um, that you're wanting to explore kind of another part of who you are. What is super important is that you, you haven't, walked away which could have been a possibility right so you could have said actually I want to do this and I can only do it on my own therefore like that's the end of things Mm. you've said well actually we want to explore different things and we want to try it out but we still want to be together we don't we don't want to not be together yeah and we want to be able to make this work which is where the kind of commitment and the connection really come into play and that interplay between the two because without that connection then you know, you need kind of both elements there, I think, to make it work. So it's that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that interplay between them. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's Well, yeah, that's true. And I'm thinking about how past relationships where there was effort, but there was, the, there was not actually a spark. And so the connection and the things, huh, I, I actually think that if you, if I were such a diligent hard worker, which I'm not, um, I think in relationship, like, <laughs> I tend to be more of a cut and run kind of person, as we know. But yeah, but if I would say that if I were a more hardworking person, when I, if I had more commitment when it comes to relationship, like the best type of commitment, I could probably make any relationship work because I could mm. create, even if like there was this, the firewood were, was damp and it kept going out, I could, I would still be just trying to light it, trying to light it, and I'd make something work. Mm. Um, I think for me, I do need some sort of spark to kind of, when things get really like when I lose yeah. gas in the tank to try that there's just something where I'm like, ah, oh, but you know what? I, I'm still waking up every morning and being like, let's give it another go. So yeah, yeah the effort is incredibly important. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest. And if we don't give effort and if we let our ego get in the way, which I often do, then mm-hmm. even the relationship with the most beautiful spark, the most beautiful sort of perpetual flame, it will eventually go out. Like if you don't, yeah. If you keep um, sort of walking away from opportunities to lay your ego aside and Mm. say something like, I'm sorry, or, you know, let me really hear you because I don't think I've heard you really till now. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it, if you keep fucking up eventually, it's going to go (laughs) back. I love that you're like, (laughs) 
you're like straight talk, Sarah, straight yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the biggest thing for me in, in, in what you've just said there is, you know, in a bit of a kind of, I suppose, mic drop moment, no relationship is going to work without effort. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so we have this view, don't we, that, well, if if it's meant to work, it'll just work. No, Like, not, where that's... in your life has does that strategy work for you? Like, no. anywhere. Does it work? No. In any single part of your life? No, <laughs> Has that yeah. ever been true? Yeah, never. And and I think I, you know, sometimes I get really darn sick of working on something. And yeah, I'm like, ah. So we, yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, why can't it just come naturally? But it is work. You're right. There's, there's yeah. nothing other than work. Yeah. And think about when you um, when you studied to be a doctor, right? You didn't just go in there and go, well, if I'm meant to be a doctor, I'll just be successful. <laughs> I know. Thankfully right? for my patients. Yeah, no, I put in like the 12,000 hours or whatever. Yeah. So you worked hard at it. You knew that you had to get yeah. better. You knew that you had to learn some stuff that you didn't know before. And yeah. relationships are no different. We have that connection. We have that spark. We really were attracted. We're drawn to somebody. But then, you know, we need to do the work to get the degree at the end of the day, right? So, yeah. and it's not saying it's always going to be hard work because that's, right. if it is always constantly hard work, then, you know, mm. it's taking a step back and having a look at that. Actually, do I feel like I'm putting in loads of work, but I'm not getting anywhere mm. is a different situation too. God, it always feels like we're working at this, but we are actually, we're growing as a couple, we're moving forward, we feel better than we did uh, two or three years ago, you know, or whatever the time scale, six months ago, whatever it is, yeah. you can see that progression, you can see something, you can see some payoff for your mm. hard work. So, you know, you pass the degree, you get the job that you want, you, you know, you start to get that relationship that you want. Mm. Um, on the work front, if it's continuous work and you're not getting anywhere, that's a different story. Mm. If you're working hard and you're putting the effort in and you can see the fruits of your labor, then you're on the right path. Oh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's nice because I don't like ever being told to do something blind and just to yeah. sort of be the last idiot in the room to find out that this was a complete, like, you know, waste of... So, yeah, so I like, you know, put a little bit of labor in. And if you start yeah. to notice that your partner is changing and they're seeing fruits, you're like, okay, mm. that motivates me to put a little bit more work in. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And I get what you're saying, right? Nobody wants to be the last fool standing. Uh, um, and I think that's often a fear that holds us back because, yeah. and it stops us from being vulnerable. It stops us from connecting because we will, um, and we've been burnt before in the past, right? Like, um, who hasn't? True. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, okay, that relationship wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that person didn't really like me as much as I thought they did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's kind of all of that that is there in the back of your mind kind of nagging, isn't it? Mm. So, but I think, you know, that brings us on to that subject, you know, around what do successful couples do? And I think showing vulnerability is one of those things. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. Yeah. No, I would definitely say that's a big recipe ingredient. As I look yeah. back on this, like, what do successful couples do? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and another um, definite foundation is trust. Mm. So you think, um, unless you can fully trust the person that you're with, yeah. and, and that's part of vulnerability, right? So we, when we trust somebody, we can be vulnerable with them. Otherwise, we'd find it very difficult to be able to display that level of vulnerability that's needed mm. to open up to each other and really show our true selves. Yeah, very true. Oh, mm. and that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. 
it is terrifying but it can also be truly liberating when you actually do it and you realize that actually I haven't self-combusted and the world hasn't ended yeah oh (laughs) we're all still standing and we still like each other yes 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 absolutely you know the other thing I would say about vulnerability is Often we don't think that other people see some of the things in us that we think are buried deep. Mm. And the reality is a lot of those things aren't. They're kind of, they're Mm. showing themselves in little snippets. So sometimes we might share something that we think is like deepest, darkest, buried secret Mm. that we've never told anybody. And then you tell your partner and they go, well, yeah, I kind of knew that already. That They'd observed it in your behavior and the way that you were. And you're like, (laughs) what? I thought this was like a state secret that yeah. nobody would ever find out. Yeah. I, I thought I was sharing something that was deep and personal. I know. <laughs> I know. And then it's like, oh, my God, what else can you see? And then you realize, yeah, yeah we're just yeah. open books, many of us. Mm, yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, that sounds like that was well on the way to the million dollar answer. So, mm. yeah. So I think there are a couple of other things, I think, um, that really play out as well is around, I mean, we talk about this all the time on the podcast so let's mention it again um so the communicate <laughs> communication <laughs> <key> word yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think being able to kind of discuss some of the challenges being able to have healthy levels of communication being able to recover from conflict um yeah. in a healthy way so I think some of those things other stuff I would say are around really celebrating the differences that you have um Mm. so that whole you know going back to your kind of situation around actually want to be kind of independent but we still want to be together Mm -hmm. it is about um being able to celebrate that and support each other in that um and not Mm. feel like you need to have somebody kind of right by your side in order for it to work like Mm. there's no one who should say how your relationship should be apart from the two of you right so everybody else who's got an opinion or (laughs) thinks it should be a certain way or um you know somehow miraculously thinks that they know best for you (laughs) um like they don't because nobody's with you 24 7 and they don't know what's important to you they don't know where your values and beliefs lie but between the two of you then they're things that you should be fully aware of and you're able to embrace those Mm. and really celebrate the fact that your relationship is strong enough to handle all of that yeah Mm. oh my gosh to have the um that sense of we've got this that our our relationship is strong enough to handle that is um, one of the scariest pressure tests of a relationship yeah. yeah yeah but it's that unconditional belief isn't it like I believe beyond a shadow of doubt that we're going to be okay ah well I think I would like to give sort of an alternative to the people who are a little bit more you know the scared flyers <laughs> yeah I wouldn't say that I have that confidence but I would say that what is the thing that could help to sort of bolster the less confident people, the people who need like some something to hinge on that isn't total confidence, but it's a, a, as much as they need? I think maybe that's it. Like, I think that we have what it takes to take the next step. Like, I think yeah. if I look at us, I, here's the thing, you know, hey, guess what? We're actually flying right now. Yeah. You, you know, um, the kid who starts cycling and yeah. And they start to push off and all of a sudden they're, they're riding their bike. And then they, they get re- momentum, yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. But then they yeah. realize they're riding on their bike and they freak out and then they fall off the bike because they stopped yeah, yeah. pedaling. Yeah. Completely. So I think that's the thing is like, you know, for the, you know, the worried of us to look around and be like, we're flying right now. Like, yeah. So just keep doing that flying. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're going to rein it in a bit, it is about saying, actually, I believe that we can make it through this stage. Yeah. Because every relationship, as we kind of started talking about, goes through multiple different stages. And I believe uh-huh. at the minute the fires are burning and I believe we can maintain that. Mm-hmm. I know that the fire will dim at some point. And, you know, I believe that we'll get through that too. Yeah. So it's maybe just believing in those next two stages. Yeah, I think I'm a person who, like on a hike, has to think about every individual mountain or every individual summit. And I can't think of Mount Everest right off the bat. I have to think about, like, okay, the steps to get there. Yes. Oh, I tell you what, you just lost me there because I'm the person that would never even go on the hike. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But that's awesome. I'm sure there are many listeners out there that can resonate with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, what mountain? <laughs> what are we talking about? This whole hiking vertical, vertical ascent. The world's flat, right? Yeah, it is flat. It is. Why go up and down if it's flat? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The Romans had the right answer. They just built straight roads. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, so is there anything we've missed? Have we missed anything in the hot topic? Successful couples? Well, you know, I think we could go on forever. Oh, well, we could go on forever, but there's one thing I just thought of there actually oh, is, yes. um, I think one important element is fun. Oh, it so sure they know how to is. have fun together. Oh God, it sure as hell is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd go so far as to say is like, especially if fun united you, if you found out, if you found yourself having a lot of fun initially, and if you find you're not having fun anymore, then yeah. it's time for a spring clean because it means that you've let too much heaviness and debris in that's preventing you from having the fun and connecting like you used to yes that doesn't go to sleep it's not like you're no longer fun people yeah it's that life can get kind of harder and heavy yeah absolutely and fun comes in different shapes and sizes as well right so when we say fun fun might be actually we're always um having a giggle together we're always uh doing i don't know kind of um certain activities and um, we yeah. um you know we're always super cuddly and connected you know that could come in different shapes but other people the for them the fun might be you know it's fun when we sit down and eat a meal together or right. it's fun when we take a walk you know everybody's got their own level of fun so when I say fun it's about um that shared connection that shared experience that you know there's then there's a lighter side to the relationship right yes I completely get that. Mm. And I know fun is a huge value of yours. So. Well, it's a massive value of mine. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm not having fun, I'm really pissed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's important. Yes. Yeah, Good. exactly. Yeah. I'm glad that passenger came and made it onto the train today because uh, yeah. that's an important passenger. Me too. But to be honest, we could record this podcast for about three hours and still talk about it's, this, this topic. I know. Because, yeah. And I think what I would say is, if there are things that have come up for you today that you think oh my god I haven't got this I haven't got that I haven't got something else like don't feel overwhelmed by it because it can feel like you've got to have the you know the bucket list of ingredients to make Mm. the relationship work and what I would say is if things aren't working for you just start on one small thing so 
if you think about some of the things that we've discussed today, which one stands out the most for you that you feel you're missing in your relationship? Mm. And just focus on that. Oh my gosh, yes. And then the rest you can just pop across to the neighbors and be like, do you have this thing? Do you have that thing? Can I borrow your flour, sugar, salt? Yes. You don't have to like get everything at the store right away. You can kind of just build it up as they, yeah. Yeah, you can have multiple trips whenever you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yes. Okay. All right, I could literally talk about this topic all day, so um, I shall save the listeners and um, move us on to a question. Sounds good. Okay. Today's question is, I feel like I'm emotionally babysitting my partner. Help! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mm. yeah well so if you if you feel like you're babysitting your partner on any level there's something going wrong there because (laughs) babysitting is nice for certain parts of your life but it is not help it's not nice to feel like you're having to babysit a partner yeah for anything yeah Yeah. and the Mm. choice of words is really important right like i've like what do you think about when they they chose the term babysit because there's lots of other terms they could have used yeah. It really tells me something about the dynamic between two people where somebody is sort of has taken this road of, you know, God, oh my gosh, where, where do we even begin? There's so much trouble in the use of that, in the, in the selection of that term, I think, oh my gosh, okay, there's a lot of trouble here. Mm, so what sort of trouble? What are the things that are coming up for you? Well, this is no longer an equal relationship. One mm. person feels like they are having to kind of attend to a two-year-old in terms of like I'm the adult I have all this skill and knowledge and then I've got a two-year-old who can't do anything and I have to do that you know that's never a dynamic that you want in a Mm. relationship that's a really unhealthy dynamic we've all been there by the way like we've all been in such a an imbalanced equation where we feel like we're babysitting our partner that you're for sure that this is not a rare thing but if you arrive at that spot it's not a comfortable place to be Mm. I want to just throw something in there like Mm. who's to say that this person is babysitting who's to say that the other person feels like they are being babysat or need to be babysat so we've talked in the past about you know the thing that comes up for me is you know is this person a rescuer therefore does it does it serve them to feel like they have got to come in and rescue yes the we've talked in the past about sometimes when you come home from work and you just want to rant about something you don't want somebody to fix you just want somebody to listen Mm -hmm. could be anybody (laughs) quite frankly if the milkman was on the doorstep he'd be getting it yeah (laughs) so sometimes you just want that offload right so maybe this person so I mean this is talking about emotional we don't know what sort of emotions are coming up is it ranting is it woe betide me is it um you know emotional as in don't feel safe secure feel upset all the time self-esteem there could be all kinds of different emotions reasons for it lack of confidence like again the list could go on right Mm -hmm. but who's to say that that person isn't just offloading just sharing these things and the person asking the question feels responsible so it sounds to me like there's a sense of oh I'm responsible this is my partner I need to fix this right in you know inverted commas but right right right. you know who's to say that that's not what's going on oh for sure and I think because their perception is uh, inferred by the use of the terminology but absolutely like 
we don't actually know the truth of what's going on no. based on the wording of this question. No. So we don't know, is this person really babysitting? Do they just feel like they are? Does it serve yeah. them to feel that way? Yeah. Do they Are they naturally a rescuer or they a people pleaser? Um, yeah. I think in terms of there being an imbalance in the relationship, again, we don't know if there's an imbalance or if that person just feels that's their perception that there's an imbalance. Right, right. Then... I think the other thing I'd then switch to is what's going on for the person. So for the mm. other person in this relationship, mm-hmm. is there something emotional going on? Right. What's triggering that? Right. Whatever's happening, there's clearly some behavior that is creating this perception of being an emotional yeah. babysitter. Yeah. So what's the behavior and what's behind the behavior? That's yeah. the thing that interests me because it's a bit like, you know, a two-year-old doesn't throw a tantrum because they just thought it would be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> right? So they generally throw a tantrum because they feel like their needs aren't being met or mm-hmm. what is happening in that situation is not serving them and yeah. they think it should be different and they don't yeah. know how to communicate it. Yes. Now, yes. for me, this situation feels no different except I'm assuming they're older than two. (laughs) Otherwise, this is a very different question and we've got an even bigger problem problem. to solve. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what would be the first question that you'd ask the person asking this question? Oh my God, I've got loads of questions. (laughs) Oh, go on, go on. Uh, So I'd explore that whole thing around, well, what makes you feel like you are the babysitter? Mm. Tell me what you mean by emotions. Mm. Um, So you're emotionally babysitting. What does that mean? What Mm. things are coming up? How do you see this being displayed in the relationship? What is it that you're doing? What is it your partner's doing? And I'd really kind of explore that. I'd then look at a different perspective. So maybe then kind of switch to what do you think is going on for your partner I think the thing that comes up for me is attachment styles here so is there an anxious attachment style going on and that could be on kind of on one or both sides um is there an avoidant attachment style with an anxious attachment style recipe for disaster um so you know are they not connected at the same level in terms of that underlying security and who they both are um oh god there's just so much to explore and then For the person who is the partner, like really, you know, what are those behaviors? What is it that's coming out that's telling you that there's a problem? What else could those behaviors mean? So I think, you know, it's what are the behaviors? How are you interpreting them? What does what does that behavior mean to you? Um, what do you say when you, or think when you see those behaviors? And then look at a different perspective. So what else could be happening? Yes. Another good question to ask would be, If you saw this scenario playing out in your closest friend or your sister or your brother Mm. or your auntie, your uncle, like, what would you say to them? Ah, that's a nice reframe. Yeah. Or the other way to look at it is rather than what would you say to them, what observations do you think you'd be making about that situation? Ah, I like that. Yeah, Mm. I like that. Yeah, because I think the observations helps us to move away from being advice givers, which comes from a place of preconceived notions and stereotypes and judgments and this is what things should be. But if you help people to move into a spot of curiosity, like what do you observe? What are you noticing? And that helps people get out of their head and into their gut and their heart. Yeah, yeah. And and free from, it kind of releases that judgment as well. I think the other thing that that, question does is it allows you to helicopter above your own relationship 
Ah, and yes. We've kind of said before, when you're in the middle of something, like um, when we're talking about the relationship news there, you know, no doubt that when that person's husband left her um, three or four years ago, whatever the time frame was, yeah. she probably felt like shit and um, yeah. didn't know what to do, felt yeah. abandoned, had all of these emotions coming up. Now, when that part of your brain, the amygdala kicks in, like mm. you've got all of these chemicals that are racing around your brain enforcing certain thinking that wouldn't you wouldn't normally think right Mm -hmm. because you're not using the rational part of your brain you're using the part of your brain that's there to help you survive Mm. your brain's Mm. there to keep you alive like nothing else end of (laughs) it's not there to keep you happy it doesn't want you to have a good day at your 70th wedding anniversary that's not what your brain will absolutely not no it's not focused on any end goal Mm -hmm. um it's literally to make sure you can wake up every day and live another day that's its job yeah so when that survival brain kicks in we can't kind of see the wood for the trees we can't see what's really Mm. going on and that question allows you to helicopter out of it so for me you know coming back to this question I feel like I'm emotionally um babysitting my partner like you can almost hear the buttons being pressed can't you yeah Yes, it's like yes. ding 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 yeah <laughs> and the brains then going yeah. I don't even know why I'm in this situation I never want to be this is not what I want in my yeah. life so we're fo- so focused uh, on kind of what we don't want and what's yeah. happening and how much we don't like it yeah. yeah there's no way we can come up with any sort of rational solutions or um or responses that are more more rounded because we're in this kind of triggered yeah. situation and you're right that our instincts are are not tuned to helping us run the marathon. Yes, yes, you're correct. Yeah. yeah. I think the biggest thing is is re- recognizing that some of your instincts can some of them can actually be wrong. Some of them can actually be uh trying to sort of save you in the moment of something that's uncomfortable and yeah. preventing you from being able to just sort of withstand a healthy challenge, a healthy conflict yeah. so that you can actually see through to the long game. Yeah, a good friend of mine always says, um, your brain would rather trigger the alarm and be wrong 99 times out of 100 than it would to not fire. Oh my God, I, oh my gosh. The people who pull the fire alarms all the time in buildings, yeah. (laughs) But it's better to have an alarm going off than not. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I think the trick is to make sense of the alarm and we're not great at that, let's face it. No. Oh my gosh! And, no. and, and do you know what? It's no wonder we're not great at it. Actually, the brain yeah. isn't designed to be good at that. It's designed yeah. at trying to keep us alive under any circumstances. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. So it's no wonder that we can't do it very well. It takes practice. It takes hard work, effort. Really, um, it takes intentionality. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah. So for something like this, yeah. would you say, oh, we have to coach your partner along with you, or would you say we can do this work? And you can yeah, do everything. Definitely, definitely do the work. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the thing for me with this question is that the question is very much about my partner has a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. That's the isn't thing. Isn't it? And often that isn't the case. Yeah. Sorry. You know, if it is the case, then if, and if we distill down to it, we realize, yeah, actually, you know, there's some serious issues that you perceive or whatever. Then the question is, well, what, what do you want to do about it? Yeah. Yeah, but helping folks uh, do an internal perception shift is um, oftentimes where the money is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah, because we always like to bring that in. Like, 
you know, this person brings this question because they want to hear something like, yeah, your partner is like the problem. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're having to do that. But that doesn't lead you any closer because if the answer were clear to leave your partner, then you would have done that already. Yeah, I think that whole thing around, oh yeah, your partner sucks, like um, poor you having to put up with this. All we're doing in that situation is stroking the ego. Mm -hmm. And when the ego is out to play, we can't see very much of what's around us because the ego is so big. That's all that we can think about. So we need to try and pop the ego aside, remove judgment from the situation and really get down to what exactly is going on. And I don't feel like, in this situation the person really knows what's going on I think there's a very kind of surface level of this isn't a great place I'm not comfortable this isn't where I want to be this isn't how I thought my life would be and that's so true oh my gosh that's so true yes my thoughts are again sort of the illusion of thinking that your that your partner is the problem that they have something to fix it can be really hard to see our role in it. Yeah. And I experience this all the time where I'm yeah. like, why don't I just wave a magic wand and my partner will be different. They'll be a different person. They'll look at things differently. They'll feel things differently. Yeah. And then that will suit me a lot better. And guess what? There's nobody out there who is going to be like the perfect, you know. No. So, yeah. you know, whatever you're perceiving by asking this question, whatever your sort of story is about mm. the situation unlike what you'll hear from most other people. And that's why that's what you know. Otherwise, if you had taken everybody else's advice, you would have left the relationship, but you're still yeah. there. So why are you still in the relationship? Yeah. Now, is it something where you don't feel like you can leave it? And that's one sort of line of coaching. Or is it that you feel like there is something there? Yeah. And perhaps there's a part of you that realizes I don't see the whole truth here. Yeah. It's that comes back to that spark, doesn't it? So have you still got that spark? Is it? Yeah. Is that still there? And in which case, you you know, you're not ready to give up. I think the thing that comes up for me there when you're talking, and it actually reminds me of something that's been coming up quite frequently with um, clients at the minute is around responsibility mm-hmm. and joint responsibility. And and it's about not shifting that responsibility to somebody else. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what's your responsibility in this situation? So that's another question I would ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is all good stuff. Man, these were two good ones this week. Yeah, they are, are aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing, isn't it? Once you kind of scratch that surface. Yeah, so true. We're in moving zone right now. So you know how like you think, oh, that cupboard will be easy. Like, I got it. Like, it's moving day. I'll just figure that out on the moving day. And then you open the cupboard. You're like, holy shit, there's way more stuff in here than I thought. Yeah. This is a total mess. Yeah. And I had no idea that just so much shit was crammed in here. So it is kind of like opening up a closet that has unexpected contents. You're like, oh, my God, I do have to sort through this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> well, All hopefully right. that um, I think we've had a juicy episode today. There's a lot in there to unpick, unpack, yeah. uh, process, think about, but hopefully it adds a little something and you yeah. can take a little something away from the podcast today. That's right. Just one little something at a time. Yeah. One bite at a time. One yeah. ingredient, one ingredient. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, good luck with Move Day. Thank you. I hope it goes well. Keep lots, me posted. Lots of coffee will be required. Yeah. Yes. Get a good night's sleep yeah. the night before. 
Oh, thanks, Mom. That's my recommendation. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, Mom I make, mode. I know. I always make Anna kind of message me if she's traveling anywhere. <laughs> I do, yeah. Message like, and tell me that you got there. Let me safe. know that you got there. <laughs> oh, I know. That's awesome. Oh, oh we all need somebody to look awesome. out for us. We need, we all need moms. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we all need Absolutely. a helping hand. Oh, nice. Oh, well, well, good luck. Remember to pack the tea and coffee and cups and milk in a box that you know exactly where it is and it goes in last on the truck. Oh, that's so lovely. It's so funny you you say that. I'm like, well, they're currently packed in and amongst the underwear and socks. Um, so the good thing is underwear and socks are also essential. So they are, yeah. The teacups and and I love that you say that too because uh, we have a lot of tea in our household, so uh, mm. it is pretty essential. <laughs> yeah, I've got a funny story about tea. So, um, <laughs> do you ever? I was thinking about this last night. Do you ever make a cup of herbal tea? Forget what flavor you took out the cupboard oh. and then you go to drink and you get a surprise <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's awesome I haven't because I'm more of like a, if I'm going to drink tea it's sort of like a kind of like a loose leaf sort of orange pico or something like that but what is the what is the worst tea mix-up that you've had well it wasn't like a worst tea mix-up but it was just a bit of a surprise last night so normally I'm a I'm a big peppermint tea drinker. Oh, so if yeah, I'm going to yeah. have herbal tea, that would be my go-to tea. Yeah. But I thought I'd mix it up last night. I thought I'd have a spiced apple. And oh, yeah. you know when you first make a cup of herbal tea, it's too hot to drink, isn't it? So I popped yes. it on the side there and I was I was watching something. Um, I went old school last night. I haven't done this for a long time. I watched TV in real time. Ooh. And just randomly <laughs> watched things that were on TV. Wow. Oh, my God. That's kind of commercials what that was the thing that annoyed me actually so the first the first couple of programs that I watched I caught the end of a program and then I kind of naturally just rolled into the next program yeah we're on a non-commercial channel Um, so that was great and then I switched over and stumbled across something else that I started watching that did have commercials so I was a little bit like oh but anyway I got up to make this tea in the commercial break Yeah. And then I popped it on the side, just carried on watching the program, didn't really think about it, then took a taste of the tea. And I was genuinely surprised. I was like, what is that? For a moment, <laughs> it took my brain to kind of click into gear and go, Sarah, you made spiced apple, not peppermint. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that is a beautiful creature of habit oh, moment. So yeah, yeah it's that interesting thing where you're kind of, you expect a taste and it tastes different yes. and your brain kind of really kind of panics for a minute and goes what on earth is going on (laughs) this is not right spoken like a two a true tea drinker that is lovely yes (laughs) i would actually think of like if i actually put some salt in my coffee as opposed to sugar yeah yeah well you get the same reaction right you'd be like what the fuck whoa this isn't right and actually it's not right (laughs) it's not right in my case it was all good it was spiced apple everything was fine and you were spiced apple and you're like this is okay i can i can do this i was like i can do this oh that's awesome yeah well to everyone out there i hope that whatever tea escapades or tea mix-ups that they have this week that it is a pleasant alternative yes indeed yes (laughs) all right so till next week till next week so that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. 
And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.